The PWC Network. What the world is watching and listening to. Subhan Yes, that's right, infidels. You found us here, channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group, where you get the most real talk, the best reviews of all your favorite wrestling shows from AEW and WWE, Impact, and more, because we're going to break it all down with the best staff in professional wrestling at HMG. So you don't need to go anywhere else, because there's no five stars here. There's only $5 face slaps, infidel. Hello! So sign up today, channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group, and join the Hameen Army for the most real talk in professional wrestling. YOLO! But Serpentico has drawn the longest reigning Ring of Honor World Champion ever and the approaching the longest reigning World Television Champion ever. We are taking a look in at what is on the menu tonight. Oh, yes. The winner of this match by submission, the Ring of Honor World Television Champion, Samoa Joe. Good Lord. And that is a record here on Collision. The fastest match in the history of AEW Collision. Joe with the tap in what had to have been under 10 seconds. Maybe we get official time. Greenville, my name is Samoa Joe, your one true king of television. And it seems your benevolent king has a problem. In fact, he's got a few. First one being, soon, at a sold-out Wembley Arena, we go all in. And your king has nobody to dance with. And that leads into our second problem. You see, I enjoyed a very exclusive luxury in my career, because you see, while a certain real world champ 
was traveling around the world teaching all you simple people that he was the best in the world. I knew in my heart he never was better than me a day in his life. But recently, I lost that luxury at the Owen Hart Invitational. And you know what? It's not the fact that I lost it, it's how I lost it. Because you see, me and this so-called World War champion had battled for over three hours in this ring. Our legacies were built on the blood, sweat, and tears of each other and the pain that we put each other through. And damn it, a roll-up is not good enough for our legacy. So I come here, champ, and I come here as a courtesy to ask you, to ask you to give me what I want, to ask you to give these people what they want, to ask you to give our legacy what it deserves. You and me, with the eyes of the world upon us, giving these people everything that we have. But know this champ, my courtesy only extends to this week. And if you make me wait till next week, you best believe I'll convince your ass. Punk! Loud and clear, the Ring of Honor World Television Champion challenges his greatest rival, CM Punk, for Wembley, Nigel. Shivani, and now the PWC, the Pro Wrestling Coalition, is on the air for the most exciting two hours of professional wrestling podcasting in the world. We're going to put butts in seats and ears to the streets. And now, here are your hosts, Jimmy T and Christopher Ames. Aftermath of AEW Collision. Yes, folks, say it with me. After the collision, we sift through the, the wreckage. wreckage. 
The Wreckage, brought to you by ChannelAttitude.com. Please subscribe for $5 a month to get all of the best pro wrestling podcasts available. Also brought to you by the Hami Media Group and in association with the PWC. This is The Wreckage. I'm Chris Ams. That's A-M-B-S, like lambs with no L or bullshit first thing in the morning. Don't worry if you ever forget how to spell my last name. I'll just remind you that the beginning of every show I do... Joining me tonight is my usually unusual co-host with the most from the Port Phillip Coast. He's the audio man for our little show of combat, and his neighbors to the left are a family of wombat. Jimmy T of the PWC. <laughs> Jimmy, how the hell are you, mate? <laughs> I'm good, and I'm pleased to actually announce that those wombats next door to me, to my left, are actually moved out. It's an empty house. So <laughs> I'm actually happy about that, but other than that, I'm great, man. I'm ready to sift through the wreckage after tonight's collision, or last night's collision, on SummerSlam day. They went head-to-head, -head, right? And apparently, is it true that SummerSlam still had higher numbers? I'm guessing. I mean, I'm guessing. We won't know until Peacock releases something, but all I want to do now is hear Jimmy go, I'm one Batman. <laughs> I'm one Batman. Listen, I was inspired by John Enright yesterday, and I, I saw, I'm, so I was spending Enright money. So yesterday I bought myself a car. I, I mean a bed. Um, <laughs> because beds are ridiculously expensive, man. Um, no, yeah. And, and whenever you go by the store, like everything's 70% on sale. Yeah, everything's 70% on sale except what you want. Um, or like any of the options that you want. Because like, frankly, some things are close enough. Uh, and then, and then of course, the base is separate. Like everything comes with an electric base now, which actually doesn't cost any more than the the, the regular box spring. So um, I don't know. They're like, do you want one with a massage? And I'm like, I don't want one with a massage. I look over Viv, and she had this like smile, like a little girl, like four year olds that wants one of those giant spirally <laughs> lollipops. I'm like, yeah, we're taking the massage. Um, <laughs> And, and then, and then today, uh, uh, Bruce Springsteen tickets were on sale. And listen, I, I'm going to be at the very tippy, tippy, tippy top of Oriole Park at Camden Yard. Like probably, like if not the last row, like within the last five rows. Terrible seats in the middle. Don't care. Like, I, like that's one of the things I said before he dies. I want to see Bruce Springsteen. You know that the Eagles and whatever. So uh, yeah, so so Jeff will be following channel. You know, probably chapter seven within the next ten or eleven months. But. Uh, there we go. Hey, that's what happens when us regular folk try to try to spend uh, John Enright money. But yes, you've heard him already, folks. But also joining us is the man of a thousand titles, the doctor, the lawyer, the occasional lawyer. Uh, where do, why do, what do, who do? Check out the latest garden and learn more about voodoo. Jeff Littman, how the hell are you? I'm Wombat Man. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I spoke as Interruptus, so... Uh, <laughs> Uh, hi again. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Cool. Well, wonderful. Uh, well, yeah, guys, it was an interesting night last night. Um, uh, let's start off with this. What did you guys watch first? Because I watched Collision Live and then I watched a replay of, of SummerSlam. It just felt like it was going to be easier to do it that way. Uh, how about you? Let's start with you, uh, Jimmy. Let's, let's hear oh, what did you do? I went SummerSlam first, then Collision. Oh, yeah. Right. Were you happy with your decision? Did you, did you feel like that was the right way to go? Um, probably not actually, because I expected SummerSlam to be a lot better 
to be honest, which is odd, because every WWE PLE so far this year has been absolutely great, in my opinion. So, yeah, I think I should have watched it the other way around, because Collision was was a pretty good. I actually didn't... I enjoyed it. I dare say maybe you had better flow than, than SummerSlam, but that's only because maybe it's two hours. It could be. It could be. Um, let's hear from Jeff, Mr. Littman. What did you? What order did you watch the shows in, and did you think it it, uh, it felt right to do it that way? Um, I watched SummerSlam live, uh, and I watched Collision this morning. Um, so I think that your question has something embedded in it. I agree with Jimmy. I, I think that SummerSlam fell flat. I think if this was Backlash or Fastlane or whatever, it would have been fine. Not great, but it would have been fine. But for SummerSlam, I think it fell flat, and I think in some cases there were it was an absolute fail. But I won't call it a bad show. Uh, I don't regret my choice of order because I would like to be in the know as to what's going on with a live show, the the the, the with the stakes, at, you know, as big as SummerSlam supposed to be. But if we're talking about which show I enjoyed more, again, maybe it's because it's two hours. But yeah, I definitely like Collision more. Collision was a better television show than so SummerSlam felt like a, a mega SmackDown, and you know I don't really need a mega SmackDown in my life. Uh, so I would I would do it the same again, but for the same reason, because I want to know what's happening on a PLE live. I don't want to be finding out on Twitter, but not because the show right. was better. Right. Yeah, no, it's, that's something that I feel like happens with a lot of wrestling fans is you sort of watch and tweet at the same time, right? You're scrolling Twitter while you're watching. It feels a little more like a live experience. And I think a lot of people yeah. actually do that. And I get why. But um, but yeah, for me, I I was really, really disappointed in SummerSlam. I mean, partially because I watched Collision first. So I thought, oh, wow, this was really, really good. And in my thought, you know, in my thought process, it was, hey, this was a really good, you know, two hours to lead into something that should be really important. And then I watched SummerSlam and I just thought, man, I, like, I really love the Logan Paul ricochet match. And I think it's really cool that, you know, that Logan Paul was uh, was 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 willing to give Ricochet a meaningful match finally in his career. You know that uh, you know that wonderful that wonderful talent of Logan Paul just brought out you know whatever he could possibly find in Ricochet. I'm being a little bit facetious here, but also not. That really was Ricochet's best match of his career, and it was against a guy who basically trained for six fucking months to become a professional wrestler. So, shout out to Logan Paul for being maybe the most naturally gifted professional wrestler I've ever seen in my life, and I'm not kidding. Um, but other than that. Most of that pay-per-view just felt like, oh yeah, okay, fine, I guess. Yeah, I'm gonna probably you know reserve most of my pay-per-view comments for. I, I assume we're gonna do a recap show at some point. Um, I don't know when we'll fit it in, but um, but yeah, I someone said you know uh, I, I didn't think any match in SummerSlam really stood out as being great. Um, so there were no big surprise returns. I didn't actually think there was going to be any big surprise returns. Uh, there was a passion, which was well done, but I'm not sure the rest of the match was particularly well done. Um, it was not. Yeah. So good. I, I'm, I'm glad that, that, that you agree. I, you know, it's sometimes you watch and you, you listen when you are a full-time cynic and skeptic, 
and a nitpicker. <laughs> so sometimes you need to hear other people's opinions of things before you, you know, go out there and, and rip because if, if you're always ripping, then people stop paying attention. Um, or they just pay attention to hear you complain, like, you know, like, like Jim Cornette or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, but you know, listen, I don't think Collision was a perfect show either. There were, there's nits I'm going to pick tonight as well, about, or to, to the, today about last night's Collision show. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing a SmackDown review show and, and talking about it. Cause you know, I mean, listen, they've already SummerSlam. blown me. SummerSlam, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm debating between a D and a C, like which which passing grade I give it, you know, and some I'll probably fall somewhere in between that, but not, you know, it's going to be no higher than that. Yeah, no, I I'm with you, Jeff. It's not going to get a very great grade. Um, and I that's that's hence hence my name tonight, boys. Secondary schmeckendary. <laughs> um, yeah, it is the secondary promotion. It's going to get the secondary numbers. It's going to have a really bad. Like, I, I'm expecting something, you know, close to catastrophic in terms of numbers for Collision tonight. But I'm really hopeful that I don't because that was a really, really great show. I, I mean, I mean, it was really, really good to the point where I started watching SummerSlam and I watched the, that first match. And then after that, I was just kind of like, man, why is everything not good? It, it, I was I was almost thinking to myself... Maybe maybe it's just me, and I started looking online, and I went, "Oh no, it's not just me." SummerSlam really is kind of well, kind of disappointing. If if you watched the pre-show as well, it was five hours, man. That's too much time. It's yeah. just too. Like, that's something that AEW does too. They they cram too much onto their pay-per-views, thinking that they're doing you a favor. And I've got to say, of all of the pay-per-views that I've watched over the last like six months to a year. The best company for pay-per-views is still NXT because they have about five fucking matches on every pay-per-view and they're important and you know why they're important. And by the time you get to the main event, you're like, oh shit, it's the main event already. Okay. And it's just this really pleasant experience to just watch a pay-per-view. And at the end of about two and a half hours, you go about the rest of your fucking night. That, that's why I always say, oh, almost always say, just to correct the vet, NXT is delightful and it usually is just delightful and if you go into NXT realizing that you're just you know what eating popcorn that you're going to enjoy it while you're watching it but it's not going to have any lasting positive impact on your life and uh and you know that that's that's fine but I will probably not be able to resist comparing contrasting some things about collision to SummerSlam throughout the show but I'm going to really try and focus on collision and the good news is folks I just watched collision so li literally the two hours before we like i finished watching 10 45 uh a.m eastern time on collision bought my springsteen tickets took my old man pete before the show started you know so <laughs> refilled my water so I should, I should be all set and ready for this trip yeah i watched collision just now too like i finished probably about an hour ago <laughs> oh good so everybody's yeah. everybody's fresh for it that's good i'll be the man with the maybe i'll be the one who's forgetting things so you guys can tell me if i'm forgetting anything um well we start off collision we'll just get right into it uh we start off collision with a tag team match between uh brian cage and big bill versus ftr um brian cage coming to the ring in his uh in his uh surfer sting gear i guess with the face paint and the and the, he's got a scorpion on the side of his of his pants and everything. And uh, 
Big Bill just comes down wearing jeans again. Uh, <laughs> and and I, the lollipop. I, I realize that this is a nit, that this is nitpicking. I really do realize that, but if you're going to have a tag team, especially if you're going to be good enough that you're going to go for the tag team championships, you should have matching gear. I mean, I, I don't know. Is it just me? Like Jeff, you're you're kind of you're pretty close to me in terms of like you you really appreciate the visuals of pro wrestling, right? You and I are both sort of known as somewhat sizest guys, right? Like we want to actually see big motherfuckers who look like they would kick your ass in professional wrestling, and. Yes. You know, Big Bill, Brian Cage, they fit the bill for sure. But is it is it just me or, like, is this an important thing if you're going to be an important tag team? You need matching gear, Jeff. I mean, it, it, look, I don't think it spoiled anything to, 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 to expect that FTR was not going to lose these titles. I don't think no. it's spoiling anything to to – uh, you know, to think that we're we're never going to see Brian Cage and Big Bill as a tag team again, or uh, the next one is when they break up. But I mean, you guys did a great job on, on Cage and explaining all the things wrong with the Mogul Embassy and why none of it makes any sense. I mean, it's basically a a, a, a faction that's rarely a faction that rarely acts together and is now, if you count Big Bill in Mogul Embassy, which is not quite a thing. Why you have three tag teams, which makes no sense. I mean, they're they're not even divide, and one and, and and three of them are the Ring of Honor six man champions, which is rarely mentioned, which is fine because who gives a fuck? But it, it, you know, but it it doesn't make sense unless they try to explain what their goals are to try to make it make sense, and good luck with that one. Um, it would make it make sense. Go, we're going to focus on our six man teams and. AR and Swerve, we're going for the we're going for the AEW gold, and Big Bill is there to make sure that that happens, that nothing goes wrong. All right, fine. Anyway, yeah, it would have been nice for them to invest in. I my nitpick here is why is Brian Cage dressing like the faciest face Sting of all time <laughs> when, when they're clearly heels? When the, Sting has nothing to do. With, I mean, I was looking. I, I was I was spending you know, probably a total of 90 seconds, but it felt like a long time when I should be paying attention to things to try to figure out where else that face paint can be other than Sting to make it make sense. And I'm like, Road Warriors, no. Powers of Pain, no. Faces of Fear, no. Demolition, no. Uh, Ultimate Warrior, no. I'm like, I'm like going through everything that I'm trying to. I'm like trying to go like, I'm trying to go to WCCW days, you know, <laughs> or like, you know, the Paul Jones Army, Ten Tenge Khan, no. I mean, no. No, it didn't make sense. And no, he had doesn't. a scorpion on his pants, Jeff. Like it was yeah, just uh, thing. right. And you know, well, you know, I mean, maybe he's a Scorpio. I have a Scorpio on my shoulder, so uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, yeah, the, 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 yeah, they, they they didn't they didn't even try to fool you. Yeah, no. no. Um, uh, Jimmy, what do you think about the whole aesthetic thing? Like, if you're going to have a tag team, should you not have matching gear? It just looks fucking sloppy when they don't. Technically, I would say yes, and I totally agree with you, though, Chris. But, like, like we was saying, this is the Mogul Embassy, whatever that means. Are these two even officially a tag team in the first place? I, I mean, they're a tag team. They're tag teamy enough that they got a tag team title but, shot. But well, let me ask you another question. Wasn't um, Brian Cage part of the other two guys? You know, the Samoan guy and the African dude? Is he? 
Is the other guy African or is he just black? I don't know. Uh, well, he's, he's from Africa, actually. So yeah. Well, no, he's 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 from the U.S., but he is. is uh, he? But he he does celebrate his. I think I think he's from Ghana. His his. Yeah, he's from uh, Ghana, right? Ghana heritage. Yeah. No, he's he's from Capitol Heights, Maryland. He lives in Texas now. <laughs> Aaron Ben Schlemmer says, "Jimmy, Chris is too relaxed today. Your only job today is to make him angry because angry Chris is a great Chris." <laughs> I, think well, gonna, I don't think he's gonna get that angry, to be honest. Yeah, I don't see him. Yeah. He's in a good mood, Aaron. Come on, no, now. you you might you <laughs> you might want to tune into the SummerSlam review we do later to hear angry <laughs> yeah. Chris because there is some shit on that fucking card. Uh, well, look, um, look what he said. Also, he 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 also says after Rampage, we want angry Chris every show. Well, you got to listen to the skirmish because that was very angry Chris. Also, yeah, just <laughs> listen to the other two AEW shows or whenever he's dragged onto a WWE show. But uh, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to settle for semi angry Jeff. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that's a problem. Usually, you're always nitpicking. No one pays attention anymore. Nobody appreciates you, my anger. And usually with me, I'm pretty chill at this time because it's like 1.20 a.m. for me, so I can't be like, you know, all loud and shit like I usually am. Jimmy, keep yeah. that noise down. <laughs> I've had complaints, <laughs> trust me. <laughs> Sorry, D. Um, yeah, okay. Well, let, let's talk about this match. So so basically, FTR, they start off doing the technical tag team stuff, you know, quick tags, cutoffs, keeping their opponents in the corner. Uh, Bill and Cage basically getting their offense in with their size and strength, which, I mean, hey, if you're giants and you're full of muscles, that's probably the way you should be working. Uh, Brian Cage, take notes. Moonsaults are not your friend. You are too big for that shit. Um, <laughs> Morrissey is so much better than anyone has ever booked him. He, he's, he's fucking good, bro. He's menacing. His strikes look serious. He can serious. throw a work punch right, exactly. Yeah, he throws a work punch really well. And, I mean, it, you know, it, that has a lot to do with your opponent taking the move. But when you're that fucking big, you can just make somebody take the fucking move properly too, right? Um, Absolutely. I really I – was, I was kind of surprised at how well the crowd was reacting to this match. Like, um, <laughs> that was they hard, were, bro, for this match. They really were. They, they, this was a really good crowd to, to begin here. Um, there's an elevated bulldog from FTR that gets a two count. Oh, uh, that was a pretty cool spot. <laughs> oh, What's that? It's back. Well, the House of Black made an appearance for a while, but you're back. Ah, uh, yes, yes, because I'm trying to read my notes while also doing this off of my phone. So apologies, but also go fuck yourselves. Um <laughs> So, yeah, uh, gets a two count. And then the uh, cage sets up for the F10, but FTR counter it into the chatter machine for the win. Um, this was a pretty good little match. Like I said, it, I, I felt like they really got the crowd. Um, I, I guess Dax is from the area. Uh, so it was sort of like I a... I think they both are. Was, yeah. Okay, they, so they it was sort of like a... It was sort of like a hometown crowd kind of thing for them. So uh, they were getting good reactions. But I actually thought that uh, that Bill, um, a few times in this match, he was really doing the right thing as the heel. He would land a move, right? And something that you see a lot of, especially in AEW, is you guys, you have guys sort of work too fast, right? They go from move to move to move to move to move, and it never allows the crowd to breathe or react, right? And I thought that Bill was doing a really great job in this match of he would hit, let's say, a, a big punch 
and he dropped the other guy, right? And instead of jumping on top of him and hitting him more, which you would see a lot, like with the younger guys, Bill would turn around and he'd play to the crowd and, oh, yeah, did you like that? Oh, boo me, right. yeah, whatever. Okay, boo me then, you little bastards, kind of thing. <laughs> and he was really milking the crowd in a way that it really got the crowd into this match. And I didn't know if they were going to be able to really get the crowd excited for this because, I mean, we've seen Big Bill and Brian Cage win, what, two tag matches? Um, you know, you were never really tricked to think that they were going to win the tag belts here. But I thought they did a really good job of getting the crowd. Um, and I like this finish, too. It was sort of like, a, you know, okay, well, you guys are both good wrestlers, but we're a really great tag team. So we're going to take advantage with the tag team tactics and get our win that way. I uh, I really like this match. And, uh, uh, yeah, um, Jimmy, before we get into the to the post-match stuff, and we will, um, what did you think of the match overall? Surprisingly, I agree with you. I loved it, man. I, I was thoroughly into it. As a matter of fact, it, I got to the point where, and I knew FTR was going to win. Don't get me wrong. We all knew that, like no, you yeah. said. But for a moment, I wanted Big Cass or whatever you want to call him and uh, Brian Cage to actually win. I felt like, you know what? I wouldn't be mad if they actually had won. But unfortunately, they didn't. But you know what? Maybe we... I would love to see a program with these four once again. Problem is, we'll talk about what happened after the match. And that's the problem. But whatever. It is what it is. But man, I think these two should become an actual tag team. And have a name like the Powers of Pain, but not Powers of Pain. But something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, I, I, I miss, you know, one thing that I really miss in wrestling in general is big Haas tag teams, you know? Absolutely. Like, there um, aren't any. Right? You think about it, you know, in the, in, the, in the history, you think about, like, how many really great big guy tag teams there were. You had, uh, you, you know, you had um, Earthquake. You had the, uh, the Natural Disasters. And you had <laughs> um, Paul and Nash. You had uh, Legion of Kane Doom, and Road Undertaker. Warriors. Legion of Doom, Legion of Doom, even not 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 as big as I'm talking about, but like uh, Chronic in WCW were oh, Mega Barbarian. Yeah, um, Jeff, what do you think? Would you like to see these guys form like a, a full time Haas type tag team, or do you think that we're destined to see them both go back to just jobbing to Orange Cassidy? Oh, it's probably the latter. Um, but yeah, I was also impressed with the way Bill worked this match. He, he seemed for one of the few times to act like a professional wrestler. Like when he hit the ropes, he knew he was supposed to fall through them. Sometimes you could actually see him thinking, you know, oh, I shouldn't just be lying down. I should fall out to the outside. Um, but no, I, I don't think that, that, that this is this is the team. I don't think that these two guys in particular have that much chemistry that they'd be a team. But I do agree with you. Um, you know, when you made reference to Bishop Khan and Teo Leone or Toa Le Leon, however says his name, that they have chemistry. They work together as as a big guy team. And you're right. There aren't that many Haas teams. There are a few out there, but like they don't seem to. I mean. The Viking Raiders are one of them's not a Haas. Yeah, the other one is a fat, fast, slubby uh, tag team, right? Right. Uh, you know, you got the Sangha Maniacs, but they're Indian, so Jimmy <laughs> doesn't take them seriously. And then in the NFC, they just Play brought me. a team up, like Nino and Bronk. I think they call their names are, but they they seem like they might have potential. You know, I 
I, I like, you know, believe me, I like the Haas tag teams too. I like the, you know, the APA, the Dooms, the, you know, the, the Steiner brothers, you know, the twin towers, the skyscrapers, all of that, you know, it goes on and on that, 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 that to me is theater, but I, you know, this, this match was good. It was a good match. It was exactly what you said. It was the big guys work like big guys, but they don't really have chemistry together. They, they, they won a tournament. Great. That's how they got this match. But FTR is the best tag team and they use tag team tactics and teamwork and they're just a little bit more oil than a little bit smarter than the other guys, and they won. The end. I mean, it was it was it was exactly right, and you know, it was a 15-minute match, which is good. That's a respectable amount of, of, of TV time. You got a commercial break, then the entrances and and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I know how Jimmy was painting the aftermatch stuff as being unfortunate, and I understand why. No, I'm looking that. forward to it. Don't get me wrong. It'll be a but, great match, whatever, but, you know. But the reality of this company is what it is. That's the business part. That's what we were saying. People have to do business together, and it looks like some of them are. Maybe. Hopefully, yes. I mean, you, you would think that it's, it's 100%. I mean, still not the top dog with the top dogs, but <laughs> this is... You know, listen, the Wembley card was looking like a whole lot of shit until the show, show came up. And now there's what sounds like there's going to be two matches, which are interesting. I'm still yeah. not buying it, but hmm. I could see why people would. Yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely more interested in All In now than I was before this show went live. Um, although still, if you're asking me, am I going to pay money for it? The answer is no. So... They're going to have to do something to, to really sell these people. And again, like I, I, you know, Jeff, I think I've said this a couple of times, right? I, we've had this conversation about all in me and Jimmy have at least twice without you somehow. I don't know how we've managed to do two <laughs> whole podcasts without you, Jeff, but, <clears throat> but we, you know, we've had this conversation a couple of times and I've said that they need to take advantage of the fact that they've got 80,000 fucking tickets sold. They need to really put their best foot forward and make sure this card is as big, you know, creatively as it is in terms of people showing up to the arena. Like, if they don't knock this out of the park, Jeff, is this not a gigantic business miss? Yeah, I mean, listen, they already sold the tickets. Enormous accomplishment. We don't need to you know, have the conversation again about whether or not they're really as many sold. We'll find out in three weeks. Um, but yeah, but now it's about pay-per-view buys. Now they're finally yeah. on pay-per-view plat- platforms, plural. Why it took this long, I have no idea, but it did. But now it's here and now you can buy it on pay-per-view if you want. And so you want to get pay-per-view buys to make this a financial, you know, a, a financial, like, you windfall success, not just a su- success, because I'm sure with if 80,000 tickets were really bought by actual people and not by Tony Khan paying, him, paying himself to pay himself, it, let's just assume that they're all bought, bought by real people and most of those tickets weren't comped and they weren't four for one and whatever the case might be. I have no Could idea. Yeah, tax write off, Jeff. Well, let's just assume that it was business expense, right? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, they, 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 they want to, you, you want the crowd to want to come back for future AEW shows. You want to show that if you're going to an 80,000 seat stadium again, I almost said arena, that they're going to want to come back. And Jarrett versus Grado, you know, <laughs> it, it, it isn't, isn't, 
you know, isn't that the, the, the card that I was seeing isn't that. Um, no. But, you know, now, you know, and, and, and frankly, neither is Osprey Jericho. That's not enough to get me. I mean, I could see that on Dynamite, and I wouldn't want to see it then either. Um, yep. So, yeah, they, they have to step it up because you did an incredible thing. So put together an incredible card. And I understand that it's tough because you have a real pay-per-view the week later. You know, do a whole lot of fuck finishes and just do a bunch and, and make rematches or whatever. I, I don't know. But oh, yeah. you, you booked yourself into that corner, you know, or make them number one contender matches at all in. Uh, and then at all out, you, you, there's the title. I don't know. You booked yourself in the corner. You, you've had six months to figure it out. Figure it out. Um, and maybe they will. Who knows? But but it seems like you know they they figure things out last minute. If you want to call three weeks before a major show last minute, and and I do to be frank. Yeah. No, it's not enough time. Um, all right, we'll move on because Jimmy and I have already given our yeah, opinions. I was going to say particular uh, thing. I don't need to say it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So Dax takes the microphone after the match, and he says, "You know, we've done a lot as a tag team." We've been world champions all over. Uh, we've beaten the Bullet Club. We've beaten the Briscoes. We've beaten these two big bastards. Uh, the only there's only one thing left to do. One thing. One thing left. We got to do as a tag team to show that we're the greatest of all time. We need to beat the Bucks. And then uh, they set that up for All In. So it looks like that's going to be a match at All In. FTR versus the Young Bucks. I know people are really excited about that because these are two teams who call themselves the best tag team in the world. One of them actually might be. The other one doesn't know how to put together an actual wrestling match. So I'm not excited. But please, tell me how excited you guys are. Jimmy, let's start with you. FTR versus the Young Bucks. Are you excited for this? Uh, I mean, we've seen it already a couple of times, but... Yeah, look, man, it's going to be a great match. It's going to be near fall after near fall. We know this already. I mean, it's going to be spot after spot. It's going to be on Anderson's liver spot as well. It's going to be on there. I mean, we're going to have super kicks and then the one, two, three after about 10 million near, near finishes. That's pretty much the so match. So how can you say it's going to be a good match? If you already know it's just going to be spot, 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 nonsense, 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 spot, well, spot, spot. Nonsense, garbage, near fall, near fall, near fall, spot, 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 near fall, near fall, near fall, finish. Like, that's not because a good the AW Mark match, Tards, Jimmy. You're right, it's not. But the AEW Mark Tards are going to live it up, dude. They're going to love it. They're going to say match of the year candidate. I guarantee it. We already know this. Oh, yeah. That's what they're going to say yep. 100%. But look, it's a match that does need to happen. That makes me wonder, though, could we possibly get Kenny versus Punk at All In? No, because they set up for Punk versus Joe, and I'm sure they're going to follow through with that. Oh, yeah, true. No, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Uh, you true. just watched Collision, my friend. No, no, no. I, I forgot about that, but you're right. It was Joe pretty much challenged him on Collision. You you're watched right. it an hour ago, goddammit, Jimmy. I did. I did, and I heard Joe's promo. Come on. Mm. But, yeah, you're right. But, and I'm I'm actually happier for that match instead of the Kenny one. But that match does need to happen. Yeah, okay, well... Jeff, tell you tell me. I mean, you you get to be the tiebreaker here. Are you excited to see FTR and the Young Bucks again? I, I very much feel like I'm in Animal House, and Jimmy is like the little angel, and Chris is the little <laughs> devil. Because basically, you two guys both you represent how I feel about. It. Am I excited about the match itself? No. Am I excited about the prospect of the match and that it's happening? 
Yes, for the reasons, because there's so much drama and it does involve the Bucks directly and FTR sort of indirectly, but they sort of picked the team, but they wouldn't, it never seemed like people hated them and they hated their co-workers. So, and they did re-sign. So yeah, I, I think this is, this is the biggest tag team match they could put together right now. And they're putting it together on the bigger show. So yeah. And am I curious to see how it ends and how they book it? Yes. Do I think it will be spot, spot, spot? Yeah, probably, but FTR's in it also, so I, I, I trust that they'll at least try to make it work, and I think the Bucks will probably work really freaking hard to, to make it now. What that, that that could either be a beautiful wreck or just a wreck. I, I, I don't know. They've done both. In any event, this is the matchup that their audience, the match is not for Chris. The match is not, not really exactly. for me either, but as far as business, which is sort of where I fall in, this is what's best for business, this match on this show. So, yeah, I think it's a great idea. And if it's an inconclusive match and they do a, and they run it back at, at all out, that's also good for business. So, uh, you know, I, I'm yeah, I'm, I, I, I guess I am excited about it because I think it's it's good every time the schism between the AW factions can be narrowed some, can be cured some. I don't know if it can be cured. It's good for AEW, and it's good for wrestling writ large. Now, the 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 real Jeff, he likes chaos. He he. Finn Balor said he lives in the chaos. No, he doesn't. I want the chaos. I want the world to burn. I want things to fall apart. I like the drama. I'm like TNT. I like drama. But it's actually, you know, it's fun to podcast. It's fun to <clears> talk <throat> But this is good. So, Finn Balor merely adopted the chaos. <laughs> Jeff was born in it, molded by it, shaped by it. <laughs> Chris Bain, you just need tubes. Well, we know your Halloween costume is going to be. Um, yeah, that, that, that's it. Yeah, yeah, the answer is yes. I, uh, the short answer, yeah. I, I, I am excited for the match. I think it's, it, it's the right move at the right time. Yeah, I'm glad they're doing the match. I just am not excited about the match. Because I know the match is gonna suck. Like it's really gonna suck. Well, I, look, I don't, if... I, like people are gonna really—they're gonna talk about it like it's the fucking match of the year, and there's gonna be zero storytelling and zero fucking logic in the entire goddamn thing. So it's already I'm written. Glad it's happening. <laughs> yes, I'm, it I'm will glad be. It's you, happening, you, you, but guarantee whatever. Oh man, well, it's funny because um, it will be a seven to eight star match, right? According to Meltzer, for sure. But yeah. if we just put our shit aside, you know, we don't like choreographed wrestling, right? Mm -hmm. But if we just look at it for what it is, it will be a spectacle when it happens. I mean, everyone's going to absolutely suck it up and, and enjoy it. I mean, especially that crowd over there in England. And I'm sure, like Jeff said, more than likely we'll set up for a return match at All Out. But does that mean there'll be some sort of fuckery, like a hand on the rope type of win or something like that or... Who knows? We'll see. Anyway, but it's going to be a huge match for that card, no doubt about it. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a it'll be a happening, and I agree with Jeff also that like it's good for business that they're that they're working together. That is good for the business of AEW and yeah, for wrestling in general because a healthy AEW really means a healthy professional wrestling, uh, you know, landscape. But um, anyway. Back from break, uh, Juice Robinson is hanging out with a cardboard cutout of Jay White. Comes in and <laughs> knocks it great. over. Uh, Juice Robinson's reaction to that was, 
no switch cardboard or whatever switchboard switch plate i, I mean like, the cut oh the man fuck I'm is confused. this guy he's so hilarious switchboard um anyway jay white comes out and he talks smack to tony he tells card. him he doesn't know doesn't know how to announce doesn't know how to do anything and then the guns come out and they make fun of shivani uh they're like it's Sting, which is pretty <laughs> that funny <was> great. <laughs> Uh, and then they all point their finger guns at, at Shivani's face, but like they put it like right in his face, like almost touching him with it, which is like super obnoxious. And I just thought, wow, this is great heel stuff here because they were truly obnoxious in this little moment. There are a bunch of douches, Chris, literally like a bunch of jocks running around causing mischief. I love it, man. I'm not going to lie. I clearly enjoy this shit and them doing what they did to uh to shivani was golden man for me pun intended yeah it i i really honestly i thought it was i, I thought it was fucking great and it, it, he great heel work these guys come off as exactly the kind of dudes that you want to punch in the face which <laughs> yeah. is their job um jeff i'm gonna ask you because you know i you know you said earlier that you like to sort of hear from other people right and the thing is is if i ask jimmy anything about something jay white did all I'm going to get from Jimmy is gushing, right? It's just going to be, Jay <laughs> White Jay is White, wonderful, right? and I love Jay White, and <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Right? It's the same thing with Vet. If I ask him anything about Jay White, it's uh, the guy can't fucking do anything wrong. So I'm going to ask on. Jeff, the only other person I know who's really an American wrestling fan. Jeff, what did you think of this segment? Did you like it? Whenever you can get an inanimate object over that's not a title belt or a trophy or a slammy or something like that. That's a good thing. And yep. they got it over. And then, and when poor Cardblade's arm sort of, you know, got folded and it was, it was flippy floppy. Yeah. It, I mean, Juice Hart's just, oh, no, Cardblade. I mean, that. <laughs> yes, this, this was great. And the fact that they kept hitting Cardblade's, you know, bang, bang finger into Tony Schiavone's glasses was, <laughs> yeah. was amazing. No, this, this, this whole thing was great. And like in the beginning, I was like, listen, I'm glad Cardblade is still part of this. Like before you had a name, I'm like, I'm, I'm glad they're still using the cutout because the cutout is fantastic. But why isn't Jay White there two weeks in a row? And then Jay oh, no, White that's walked what I was over. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, he's here. This is great. He's, he's down with it. And at first you're like, you, it, it like Jay White pretended like he wasn't happy that there was a cutout in him. But then he, he, he loves the cutout. So <laughs> there, I, I thought this was an excellent professional wrestling wrestle crap douche crew kind of thing doing gap yeah, I, I i i thought it was great and what this is doing is what they should have been doing all along and 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 the timing of it's been okay uh, you know because my complaint in the beginning is that jay white in the beginning of collision forget about what he was doing on dynamite that was sort of here and there but on collision i was worried too much that they were like you know positioning him as a tag team wrestler not the single star but he's clearly cut out he's he's well, <laughs> cut out. Yeah. Intended, right. But there it was. Right. It worked out. Um, he's he is he's the singles guy. He's he's their yep. single star, which is what a faction's supposed to be. Which is what mogul, you know, embassy doesn't have. When they do, mm -hmm. they have it. They have it right there. They just. I mean, I guess maybe there's no plans for them to do anything with it, so they're just playing around and like elevating a friend or whatever. Um, <laughs> but this wrong show. They're not on the show, so no need to go there. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, 
You asked me if I liked it. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I thought this was I thought this was really freaking funny, and I look forward to more interaction with Cardblade and Tony Schiavone and anyone else who they who they mildly want to irritate. I mean, Cardblade and Jr. I'm already imagining how irritated Jr. will be. Well, yeah. look, Aaron no, says, that would be great. Lucky says, and I agree with him in some ways. What is the best thing in that group? Well, he's definitely that in that company and on that show. I like it. That's a little far, but uh, I mean, listen. He <laughs> I mean, is look, look, Labrat, is even more over than the other talent. <laughs> he's, he is a valuable member of, of the cast, and he's, and he's a top-tier member of Collision. I'm, I'm not going to say he's the best thing. But but I will say, and Labrat asked a million-dollar question, guys, will Cardblade be booked in the tag match of some kind? That would be great if Jay White started doing tag teams, but he's it's just enough <laughs> with Carblade. No, I don't think that's gonna happen. Like he uh, unless it's like, you know, like cartoonishly jobber tag teams. Like it's like a Gilberg and Ellsworth or something. Oh please. Fucking Jim Cornette will lose his shit if that cardboard cutout oh, like, makes his way into a match. It'll be great. Listen, It'll the Nightmare Club job, is then. pretty close to the horsemen already, but if you wanted to get away from the horsemen, keep the motif and the guns, just call them the posse. Well, MV Hitman says an interesting thing. If Kenny Omega can wrestle a doll, Tony can book a card blade, give it time. Is that you, Mikey, by the way? Well, listen. <laughs> just just asking. Tony, for the most part, isn't booking collision. So I don't think that's that. I, I don't think it's going to happen. But like you said, give it time. It's not impossible. It's, oh, I, I don't, I don't want to see that. I Listen, my... my uh, no <laughs> my rope for funny goes so far but like cardboard cutouts in actual wrestling matches no that's too much for me i don't like it um all right but i did love this segment i mean this was legitimately a great segment and you know the match later it was fantastic with the four of them anyway like like everything that they did on this night was absolutely fantastic so um yeah all right at least for tonight I'd say Aaron's right. I would say Aaron Ben Shlomo there was absolutely correct. The best thing about this night was probably Jay White and this whole Bullet Club group. But uh, all right, let's move on. The we move on to uh, we move on to <laughs> another uh, championship match on tonight's card, and it's Chris Statlander defending against Mercedes Martinez. Um. All right, I'm going to go through this by my notes so that I don't just jump all over it and make my feelings very clear from the outset. So here's my notes. <clears throat> this one is the women's equivalent to a Haas match, as both women are considered big and strong for the division. Martinez dominates early on with big strikes, heavy slams. She stays in control long enough to convince the crowd to boo, so good job. And I mean that legitimately, like... Again, one of the things that I notice on AEW in general is that people rush. They rush to get to the fire-up spot, and they rush to get to the comeback, and they rush to get to the, the next moment. And I thought that Martinez did a really good job of just staying in control long enough to actually get the crowd to be like, no, fuck you, boo, right? Um, and... I think that this match might have been the best example of this, but once again, because nobody wants to actually cover this show in Canada for some reason, nobody wants to air it, I was watching a feed that included all of the picture-in-pictures, but just there was no commercial. It was just straight through, all the way through, 
until they were legitimately taking a break for the show. So right, right. I got to watch the whole show straight through. And I think that this match might have been the best example of how much better a wrestling match can be when you see the whole thing rather than coming back and forth from breaks. Um, and I'll get you guys, and I'll get Jeff specifically maybe to answer, you know, what he thought about this. But, and Jimmy, I'll obviously get your, your opinions on this too. So, um, Statlander starts firing back with absolutely the slowest strikes I have ever seen in my life. What is wrong with this woman? That's part of my note. Uh, Martinez on the opposite end. Her work actually looked great, at least to the halfway point of this match. Her strikes looked impactful. Her slams looked like they hurt. Um, she looked mean and angry and like she was trying to win a wrestling match. Uh, Statlander completely no-sells after a break. Um, I think she got kicked in the face and just no sold it so automatically no good for me uh she dives on the outside but uh mercedes martinez she ducks out of the way which is you know hey cool um and i really thought that this match was just two complete polar opposites martinez looked really good in this match and i mean really really good probably the best i've ever seen mercedes martinez look to be honest with you and i just Statlander is she's so uncoordinated. She's green as well still, dude. Like uh, so Jimmy, I'll go to you first cuz I know that you were probably watching the same feed I was, right? I was. Thoughts on this <laughs> yeah. match and and am I right? Was this a situation where you're looking at these two women and going, "Hey, I haven't I haven't I haven't been in love with anything that Mercedes Martinez has done to this point." But she looked good here. And Statlander looked like crap. <laughs> she did look like crap. As a matter of fact, like you said about Mercedes, if it wasn't for her, this match would have been totally, like, bad. I mean, she carried this match and tried to make Statlander look somewhat good. The problem is, Statlander is not good. I mean, her legs are shot. She stutters. She almost, like, you know when she runs, like, when she's about to run, she's, like, running on the spot before she actually goes. She's doing the road runner like me me then and then takes yeah. off. She just sucks. Like she just uh, uh, she shouldn't be champion. She's green as fuck. She's been in the business now for what four years, say about that. Because she hasn't really been in the in the business for that long. But I just right. feel like she's not learning properly. No one's telling you know, or teaching her any sort of psychology or or how to work a match properly. Well, how long was she on the Indies before AW? Because she's not long. AW original, so right, she, she, she wasn't. So she if she was in on the Indies for a year before AW, she probably yeah, so about five, five years all up. Right. right. Yeah. But then again, and I mean Logan Paul. I mean, listen, like, like yeah, again, compared to exactly her. Right? Logan so Paul. Say, yeah. Um, but like. Okay, specifically, I have to call out those strikes in the corner. I mean, literally, uh, this isn't this isn't going to make awesome audio, but if you're watching, congratulations, you get to see you get to see some special awesome stuff here. But like those strikes were legitimately like this, like maybe this this fast, and it was like, what the fuck is she doing? She's supposed to be firing up here. Right, Jeff, and, you didn't see the full feed. You had to go through a commercial for this match. Right. Did you see something similar? Did it look to you, you know, like Mar like Martinez was actually like by far the MVP of this match? And could you were you seeing the same thing that we were seeing? And that's just that Statlander has no coordination. Whew. 
A lot of questions here and a lot of things in mind. Uh, I'm going to start with something positive. I actually didn't think the match was that bad. I thought for an AEW women's match, it was better than most, um, which is not a very high bar. I realize that. Um, Yes, Mercedes Martinez is much better than Chris Statlander. There's no question about that. Uh, I saw the strikes. Her striking is terrible. And, yes, she's uncoordinated. And, and, you know, she did that sort of that that, – flip, you know, uh, moonsault and she landed on her ass and hit no part of Mercedes <laughs> Martinez. Bad. But I will say that this is when I'm going to contrast it with something on SummerSlam. Charlotte did a, a moonsault out of the ring and hit no completely part missed. of Asuka. Yeah. I mean, she, she... She completely missed and then when Asuka got back in the ring to do a diving DDT, she completely missed Charlotte. Like, right after right. each other. This happened within 20 seconds. Right. I mean, it was... it was They were as bad as Commander and and Sammy Guevara were, were in, was in terms of accuracy. So I get it. These things happen. My biggest issue with Chris Statlander is she still acts and wrestles like a heel, yet she's supposed to be a face, and she's just not good at it. And the... And and the match itself, like I'm saying, I, I thought it, like as far as a women's matches were concerned, if I'm grading it on a scale of like one to ten writ large on women's wrestling, I put it as a five. I mean, I think women's wrestling is you know, you know, I think it was mid. But as far as AW women's matches are concerned, I'll give it more of a seven out of ten, which you know, on because it's on a curve. But the end was really weird because Mercedes Martinez's shoulders were clearly up. Both of them, not one, not it wasn't even a little. It's like it's like when you cook a turtle steak and 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 all the <laughs> and it craters up. Only the middle is on the ground. That's exactly what happened. And 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 maybe that's part of the story. But I don't understand how the heel's supposed to get the sympathy because Mercedes Martinez had a pretty good case to make to the to the ref at the end. But. They brought in Diamante, who I'm not sure that Diamante is great, but we have we've rarely seen her in her tenure in AEW. I remember a time when people thought she was a great wrestler. Obviously, she's not one of the cool kids like her and Kiara Hogan. So good, let them get some TV time. And now she's in a program where she's gonna probably be next week in a tag team match with Mercedes Martinez against Willow and Chris Statlander. And maybe we'll start seeing some distension with with Willow and Chris Statlander. And Chris Statlander can be a heel because they want to put a title on Willow and. To this day, I'm still not sure. Listen, I could check easily, but I have heard that Willow is the Ring of Honor Women's Champion. I've heard that she did not win the Ring of Honor Women's Champion. I could check this easily, and I have, and that's how little I care. But I should have to check. It should be made clear on t- on the, the several TV shows I have seen since that. In any event, um, you know, it's a TV show. For a TV women's match on AEW, I thought it was pretty good, but I, I, I fully agree with all things you're saying i just think the bigger problem is chris statlander has no fucking idea how to act like a heel which is consistent with the fact that she really doesn't know how to wrestle either and i i heard what you guys said on uh on rampage about her promo and i sort of thought the the squatting renee was weird but 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 different but her promo weird. made no sense i mean she was like taking all like 1950s stereotypes of what a woman should be and then saying because mama's coming home that's a heel promo that's not a face promo so you know i maybe maybe somebody realized that and they're gonna do it or maybe it's a w i i don't know chris statlander is what happens when you order mommy off a wish (laughs) i i guess i I, you know 
She's put on weight. Have you guys noticed that? And which is not good for her knees, which are already shot. I feel like she's put on weight anyway. Not that she looks I bad. Haven't, but I haven't. I saying. haven't noticed it. Chris Allender has always been thick. Like she's always oh, been sure. like a like a big strong girl. Um, I I'm haven't noticed it. I'll girl. take a look next time. I guess if I can peel my eyes away from how terrible her striking is to try to look <laughs> at her body. I mean, I think what probably happened is when she injured her knees so badly, she was not able to work out, and she probably lost some musculature. And when she was back able to train, she probably got it. I mean, she's got has more of a power lifter body than, like, she's always right, been built right, more like Allison K than than say, uh, yeah, than Charlotte or, or or Sasha or whatever. So no, I, I don't I don't think she she looks particularly different physically. I mean, though those though. Her, she needs to be more careful with her knees. To, like she shouldn't be squatting Renee Paquette with her knees. She should. She should. That's her career. She should. She should be treating them like old. You, if she's got to go back to the alien thing and walk and act like a robot, then that's what she's got to do to <laughs> to, to make a career. But but I, I didn't think the match was nearly as bad as you guys did. I just thought it was okay. Okay. Well, I mean, that might be a symptom of only getting to see half of it since you had a commercial break and Jimmy and I had to watch the whole fucking thing. Uh, <laughs> but uh, okay, and I don't watch the picture. Picture. I, I I go right to fast forward. No, I do too. If I have it, if I have it pre-recorded on my TV and the picture in picture comes up, there's no fucking way I'm watching commercials. Fuck that. Yeah, it takes you out of it anyway. Even during the commercial, how can you sit there and watch it while you know there's a commercial no. going on? No, can't do it. All right, so next up here, Tony Storm is playing what I actually think is sort of a fun new character. She she seems to be playing this woman who's been cheated on, and she does not understand. Or she's like she's like uh, you know, uh, am I not pretty? Am I not important enough for you? Am I not you know? Do you, you not care is? about me anymore? She's I, doing, I really loved it. She's doing what Chelsea Green did in Impact when she was Laurel Van Ness. She's she's doing the hot mess yeah. like like the she like is. the discarded bride. And but yes, I also liked it. Yeah. All right. Jimmy, I, is it I three for three too. or what did you think? Okay, no, good. No, yeah, I, I liked three. it too. But but what's with uh, lately she wasn't so bad now, but why has she been putting on a British accent? Has anyone noticed that? No, only you noticed that. I, I well, do have one nitpick is instead of her wrestling bra or whatever, you know, her like the leather bikini. Like if she just like had like a muumu or like a like clearly like her pajamas on under that, it would have been better. Well, she's got no tits though. That's the problem. I know she has no tits, but the, I mean, <laughs> which is why I don't want to wear that. Period. But it was still right. it, it was still her wrestling gear or her Showtime gear. If she's truly yeah. a hot mess, like she like she still should have been like in her nightgown under the bathrobe. That that's that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I no, I agree. I agree with that. You should lean into it if you're going to lean into yeah, it. Really? And I like like it was different. What did Aaron have to say? Oh, sorry. She he was saying that uh, she always had had an accent, Jimmy. Yeah, she should have my accent though, not yeah, Aaron. So he, is. He, he, he's complaining that she's pretending she's not Australian anymore. She, right, she's right. trying to be British, like she's trying to be prim and proper. But I think maybe that's part of her. She's breaking down. She's losing things mentally. I hope so. so. If that's the case, then I'm down with it. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna say it is for now. Cool. Well, we all like this. We all like this. And this is an example of, listen, like people say like, you know, because uh, oh, we get this. I think, Jeff, probably you and I get this more than most people on the Internet who cover wrestling. But people will say, you guys don't like fun things in wrestling. This was fun. And we like this. So fuck yourselves, IWC. Yeah. Uh, 
All right, moving on. Samoa Joe comes out for a match against Serpentico. Uh, crowd chants, Joe's going to kill you. And indeed, this match took about 10 seconds. So good for Joe. Um, Joe takes the microphone. He says that he is the king of television, and he has a few problems. Problem the first, Joe has nobody to fight at Wembley. Problem the second, CM Punk isn't truly better than Joe, even though he's been telling everyone he's the best in the world for these, for these last 15 years or so. Joe wants to face him at All In, and he wants him to put that real world championship on the line. So that's a cool match. Again, we talked about it to sort of start off here, Jeff, but uh, this match makes me slightly more excited for uh, for All In than I was before. Um, what did you think about Joe, first of all, I guess, squashing Serpentico? That was not a shock. But also, uh, what do you think of this match getting set up? Love Joe. Love that he squashed Serpentico. However, I think it was too quick. And by too quick, I mean like 10 seconds too quick. Like he should have done three moves before he went to the Coquina clutch, um, which is a bit of a nitpick, but he, he, he hit one offensive move then straight to the Coquina clutch. I mean, I get it, but still like you could have cut some time from TV, if, you know, for uh, yeah. you know, one move, like uh, a, a kick power bomb, then the Coquina clutch. That, that's all. As far as the match is concerned, I think it's a, it's a, you know, obviously it'll be a good match. And, and, you know, I like Joe's promo. Here's what I don't like. And they're doing it all right. I, I know exactly what you're going to say. And, and, and I, and I know that they <laughs> almost have to do it because I don't Punk, like it either. Jeff, like, I don't know if CM Punk did this without went into business for himself or they're just like, well, this is what I have to, but they are now treating the, the his non-sanctioned title like it's a real title. I mean, Ricky Starks was challenging. Real world champion. And now now (laughs) Samoa Joe's doing it all in. And, you know, yes, MJF will face, you know, CM Punk, but we don't know how much longer MJF's going to have this title, and I'm not sure who else will. And the the match that you want to see is Omega versus CM Punk for those two titles, if that's the way it's going to go. And I'm not sure that they're yet. But I don't, like, you know, Chris, you're the one, hashtag no more titles. I already think that Aside from all the other titles, the FTW title is stupid as fuck. They don't even put Jack Perry on on the AW titles page. And, like, all these people were telling me, I'm like, well, that's just silly. Just put them on there with an asterisk. And they're like, well, they don't acknowledge it. I'm like, I know the history of the FTW title. They're like, <laughs> oh, I suppose they don't defend New Japan titles and, and AAA titles on AW. I'm like, yes, but those are existing promotions who do sanction those matches, at least in the storyline. There is no ECW anymore. ECW is not sanctioning this. This is, this is just... It, it, it it's nothing so either it doesn't exist and don't put those matches on aw tv and i realize this is, but and i don't want to go off on the ftw title too much because it's not on the show but this is going in that direction where what everyone complained about wwe you have two world's heavyweight champions when you have two world's heavyweight champions do you really have a world's heavyweight champion and one definitely appears bigger than the other in WWE. That's Roman, clearly. Maybe not after last night. Um, but uh, I don't know. That that That's my complaint about it. But, I mean, every wrestling TV show is a TV show. Ratings are more important for AEW than anything else right now, much like it was for Eric Bischoff in WCW. It was more important to beat Raw than it was to get pay-per-view buys or whatever, mm-hmm. whether that was real or imagined. But in this case, with warner brothers discovery 
it is because they don't own it. They don't get anything out of the pay-per-view. So TV ratings is more important. So I get it. I get why they're doing it. I just, I, it just, it hurts a little bit. I, I, I get it with a cramp. I don't really like it. Fellas. The fact that Joe, the, the thing I don't like though, with the upcoming Joe versus punk match is the fact that Joe's going to lose. Oh, well that, well, well, you don't know for sure, but you, you're probably right. Ugh, come on. I mean, it I would mean, be and- if, if he won, it would make a unification match much easier oh, to do. I'll... But the fact that they have to pretend that there is a unification match, it's like, dude, you were injured, you were stripped of the title, it happens all the friggin' time. Well, this is what drives me bananas, especially from last week's collision, where, you know how CM Punk you know, proclaimed himself the real world's champion, while MJF was in the same building, and he said, I am better than you, and... That's when MJF should have came out. Bang. That yeah, should have been the call for him. Yeah, right, I know. 100%. My, but, and, MJF's but this story week, last where week was he was, again? Right. Can he coexist with Adam Cole? Do they love each other or don't they? So no no time for any other conflict. You the only thing that would make sense for a unification match, in a way, is if MJF comes and fucks up Punk during the match with Joe and Joe becomes champion that way. That'd be cool. That's what I would want to see. Real champion anyway, my ass. That, that, exactly. That, and That'd he's still cool. the devil. Oh, he's still the devil. Don't worry. Absolutely. I mean, what you what you what you might see is that the devil has a, has a new kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Kingdom come. Yeah. Um, oh, no, I I basically <laughs> agree with everything that you guys are saying right now. Here's, uh, you know, Mike Tyson gets a rap for being just kind of a savage beast as a professional boxer, right? But I actually think that the man was somewhat of a warrior poet, to be honest with you. And I'm not being facetious. I mean, if you look back at some quotes from Mike Tyson when he was younger, especially when he was still training with Costamato, there's some there is some warrior brilliance in Mike Tyson. One of the best quotes that I think I ever heard him t- say was when he was very young and he started trying to collect all of the world heavyweight championships, right? At the time, there were four major uh, promotions in boxing, and they all had separate world heavyweight champions. Somebody from The Ring magazine was interviewing Mike Tyson and asked, why is it so important to you that you unify the titles? And the quote from Mike Tyson that I always remember is, one pope, one president, one world champion. And I think that that really encapsulates my feelings on this, in the overall in the overarching but as far as as far as them having two people claiming to be the world champion i think that that's fine if you have an actual separation of your two programs between dynamite and collision but because you don't it makes it makes both titles actually feel less important because there are going to be people who are going to say well listen just like when Lennox Lewis retired from professional boxing, he was the real heavyweight champion of the world. And Vitaly Klitschko had to beat Corey Sanders before, you know, they could say, well, listen, we're the two closest, you know, contenders to become the world champion. So now I'm the world champion because I beat the closest contender. But it does muddle the waters. It does muddy the waters a little bit where you've got somebody saying, listen, I'm the real world champion. I didn't lose it. And there are going to be people, people like me, who understand in combat sports, that is a legitimate 
complaint. That is something that you can say. You know, if John Jones right now got injured and then, oh, shit, I got injured. Oh, they've got an interim champion now. And then John Jones comes back a year later and he says, I'm still I still feel like I'm the real world champion. I think, yeah, you kind of are. You kind of are still the world champion because you never lost it. Um, but also, I think that it devalues punks. It devalues punks, you know, reign that somebody else has a world championship. It devalues punk, you know, it, it devalues the real world champion because punk has a claim. Um, and I just think one thing that one th- last thing I'm going to say about this whole world championship thing for now, and we're going to move on after this is um, if you told me that you had a choice between these two matches and one of them was going to main event your pay-per-view, either it was going to be a world championship match between MJF and Adam Cole, or it was going to be a world championship match between CM Punk and Samoa Joe, which one the would ladder. you rather have as the main event? The Me ladder. too, Jimmy. Me too. By a mile. But you know what else is a problem, Chris, before we move on? The fact that Tony Khan hasn't addressed this yet. That's true. That is true. Too. That's yeah, that, and that bothers me because they're running around like it's the legit championship now. The real world's the championship announcer, the ring yeah. announcer tonight said, "Your real world champion, CM <laughs> Punk." And I just it's, went, it's, "Wow, it doesn't make sense." Okay. <laughs> okay. So that's when you we'll need an authority figure to come out on television. And explain what's going on. If it's a brand split, tell us. If it's not, tell us. Tell us what the fuck is up. Yeah, we, did, we need a little more clarification. Oh yeah, during during this during this show, they said breaking news: Tony Khan just made official next week. Next week, CMFTR is going to face the House of Black for the trio's yes. titles. Why? Right. Why is CM Punk no involved idea, in that? Why? I mean, it, this is like neither of this. And this is this is where. I have a minor concern that there is not enough talent allocated to Collision, or they haven't yep. figured out how to use time with people like Powerhouse Hobbs and Miro and Andrade effectively, <laughs> or uh, yeah. because that 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 shouldn't be a match. I mean, again, un- unless they have succumbed to the Eric Bischoff disease, where they just think this is what's going to pop ratings, and the people in charge are. CMFTR, and they think them being in title matches no matter what is what they need to do to watch. And you know what else is an issue, guys? The fact that they're lying to us, essentially. It's false advertising. Didn't they advertise that MJF would be a regular on this show, right? Miro is going to be a regular on this show. Andrade is going to be a regular on this show. But we're not really seeing him regularly. To me, that's false advertising. And like you said, they've got a real issue allocating talent across all shows. Does that does that mean we need to have a third brand with Vampage where we see completely different talent on that show just to get everyone on television? God no. No, it means they need to fire more people and focus. All that. Like right. Let go of all the fucking trim off the fat, man, and keep the ones that matter. You, you just re, you just resigned Kip Sabian and I think Kip Sabian <laughs> is a talented wrestler, but you're not doing anything with him. Let him go. Why are you signing him? Well, the comment king says they never advertised MJF as a record. Yes, they did. He's on the promo fucking poster for Collision. To me, that tells me that he he's meant to be on that show. Well, and listen, guys, the thing is, is that we're really only like two months into Collision, right? 
I mean, after All In, we really could see a situation where CM Punk and MJF go back to their feud. And that's what we get on Saturday nights. And maybe, here's here's a crazy idea, since they want to just have fucking belts from all kinds of different corporations and companies and amalgamations and all kinds <laughs> of the, the TBS, TBS and TNT and all these other places. The have Warner Brothers Championship soon. You've got the, all these different, all you, you've got all these different belts. Maybe you do have Shock something like world title. Kenny Omega wins the IWGP United States Championship, and then he defends that as the quote-unquote world title for Dynamite. I, I don't know. Like, There's a hundred things that could happen here over the next little bit. Um, they definitely advertised as if MJF was going to be a regular on this show, and he has been did. so far. Absolutely. Yep. In terms well, of Miro and Andrade... He's three times. Yeah, he has. And also... In terms of Miro and Andrade, you haven't seen them anywhere else for six months. The only place you've seen them is on this show, so you're getting I'd as much of them as you, as you have from Miro. anywhere else. Well, it's true, yeah. Right. And does that mean there's still problems, though, in the back with Miro and the others? I mean, could there be still issues? I don't understand what's holding these guys back. As long as Tony Khan is unable to say, hey, get your fucking act together and do what you're told, there's problems in the back. I don't care. Until you have a boss who actually has, who actually, until has you have balls. a leader who is willing to lead, you yeah. have problems. End of. It's true. Or, you know, because the, the consequence for these folks is that they sit at home and, and draw their full paycheck anyway. So what what's the consequence? I mean, if you were, at least did the WWE thing and froze the contract, you know, I know they do that with injuries the same, but with, with these sort of labor disputes, they don't. Um, so what's the consequence? But I, I don't know. I, I understand what you're saying because I just said it seems like the roster is thin. E even the, the jobber class, it seems to be it's Action Andretti, Darius Martin, and, yeah. and this. And since AR Fox is no longer in the jobber class, uh, <laughs> then they added, you know, they 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 dust off Lee Johnson and put him in there. Johnny uh, Lee Johnson, he's he's shoddy. That's um, <laughs> they shot him out. He's shoddy. <laughs> All right, speaking of Andrade, we get a recap um, of him retrieving his... Um, sorry. <clears throat> we get a recap of Andrade retrieving... Ahizma! Uh, a couple weeks ago on Collision. So. Uh, whoopity whoop. Guess that's still a thing. Tony Schiavone has a sit-down interview with the Acclaimed. Uh, they spoke with Billy Gunn, and uh, he said oh, that he won't fuck. take his boots back. He thinks he's the reason that they that they they didn't win the trios championship in their last match. Um, somehow, Caster appears more gay than Bowens in this interview, which was interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, it was the nerd Bowen, look. Bowens uh, says that they love Billy, and he gets a little misty eyed, and he says, uh, "You know that they're going to bring his boots with them. Uh, you know, and they're going to keep his boots with them." I guess a la the urn with the Undertaker. That that'll be the, the story with Billy's boots. They'll be the source of their power. Um, Please, no. moving forward. No, 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 no. First of all, I hated this segment. The fact that he started crying made me sick. Like no shit, it made me sick. And yeah, you're right, Caster. I thought the same thing. I thought Max Caster looked way more gay than Bowens did. But then once Bowens started crying, I'm like, that's gay. Like straight I, up, that's. I, I didn't mind Bowens here, to be honest with you. I thought Bowens was <laughs> Come good. On. He's supposed Did to he... be emotional. 
If he actually, listen, yeah, he's supposed to be emotional at this. The guys, like, Billy Gunn has been their mentor for a year or more at this point. (laughs) One year. One year bet that. Yeah, but I mean, hey, a year of, of, like, a legendary wrestling, you know, figure being your, you know, being your, like, manager kind of thing, you, you would sort of start to love that guy, right? Like, you know, if you, if you travel with a guy and you're working with a guy and he's, being your support system for a whole year you are gonna have some love for that dude like i like i said this yesterday on the on the smack attack and i think that there are some people who will probably cringe a little bit at this but when i left i said hey i love you guys i do love you guys no of course no like we've been doing this show for long enough well is it (laughs) because we've been doing this show for a long enough time no no of course but do we start crying over each other's love if you Jimmy, listen, if you left, if you left and you were like, I'm retiring from podcasting because I feel like I'm not good at it or whatever, I don't know if I would cry, but I would be sad. I'd be like, bro, like, come on, you're not a bad podcaster. If I what are died, you talking about? If I, thanks. I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but, but for starters, if I had died, sure, cry. But if I'm just leaving the podcast game and you never see me again, okay, maybe you should cry also, but... But other than yeah. that, Jimmy's rethinking this now. He's like, oh, shit, <laughs> nah. I guess, I guess maybe. <laughs> no, no, no. Just too much wang wang for me. That's all. Yeah. It's professional okay, wrestling. Und- Fucking grow up. I, I, I do understand that argument. I'm just saying I didn't mind this as much as you did, other than just Max Caster being the gayest straight man in the world. That would, I mean, it made me laugh a little bit, but yeah. Jeff, what did you think of this sit down interview? I think I'm, I, I think I lean more with with you, Chris, than, than with Jimmy. I didn't hate it, but I, I, I would have... They seem like lost puppies, which I think is the story that they're trying to go for, except they're professional athletes and former tag team champions. So I would have... If they went with the tears, I would have preferred angry tears. You know, you could have gone... You never gave up on us. You made us champions, and now yeah. you left. Maybe your sons were right, but we want you to know something, Billy Gunn. We never gave up on you. We'll never give up on you. We're not quitting on you. We want you back. We're going to bring you back. And if we have to go through every team to show you that we're still the best and that we still want you, that's what we'll do. But, Billy, you didn't let us down until you left the ring. That's when you let us down. Show us that you are our, our in-ring father, you know, and come back. Yeah. So, I don't know. So I don't even know if that's much better, but at least angry tears would have would have been better. Like like not petulant like little kids who got you know who they're they're like in a cabin around a forest fire and and their dad ran out to save himself. Uh, more more like angry like geez I I won every wrestling you know I won every baseball game but the one time that the you know the the offense gets seven runs against me in the bottom of the third you know you, you leave the game early you know. Don't be a dick. We never quit on you. Now you're quitting on us. You know that, that yeah. that's what I would prefer. I don't know. Do you know when I was when I was 17 and I won uh, I won the regionals for boxing here where I'm where I'm from in Northwestern Ontario. When I won regionals, my dad's reaction was win provincials and I'll be impressed. So <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Um, all right, House of Black. Ooh, you, you, that reminds me of Christian Cage. Oh, God, I love this. That that was good. We'll get to that. That's not next. Next up here is the House of Black. They come out. Um, my girlfriend was interested enough to ask, "Who are these guys? What is that all about?" I kind of that that's kind of interesting. So, um, you know, a little bit of the perspective of the non wrestling fan. 
if you're flipping through channels, that is something that would probably catch, you know, a regular person's attention. Um, so good for them. Uh, they're going to be defending their trios championships against Top Blight, um, which is the the team of uh, half of Top Flight, uh, Darius Martin, uh, because his brother's leg is still probably bent the wrong way. Um, <laughs> teaming with Action Andrade, uh, Andretti, sorry, um, and uh, and <laughs> Did who? You say Andrade. Yeah. Andrade. Andrade. And Shawty uh... Lee Johnson. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, All right. The faces have chosen the stipulation that Julia Hart is banned from ringside. Ooh. Why? Who cares? Well, she, I mean, Miss yeah. Handcuffs. Oh, okay. Now, Witchcraft. Cool. <laughs> Witchcraft. She's yeah. been relatively effective here. Why doesn't somebody just choose the, the, the stipulation that, like, it, okay, here, okay, we've got a trios match and I'm allowed to choose a stipulation. Okay, my stipulation is uh, Malachi Black, Brody King, you're banned from ringside. The, you know, uh, Buddy Matthews is defending against all three of us. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Like, what should the stipulation be that your legs all need to be chained to each other? Like, what the fuck? In a bumpy John the Paul man. They're like in a prison chain gang. Like, they can barely move. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, if the mask is involved for extra bondage, I'm down for it. All right. Good, Jimmy. Good there to know. Go. I'm going to note that one for future. Anyway. Uh, the mask. Uh, it, it was Jimmy's fine. being very Greek today. <laughs> Get the, out of here. This whole uh, choose your own stipulation thing, while it had interesting potential, it has not been used interestingly or consistently since. So. No. <laughs> the yeah. comic king in the, saying, so we don't have to look at her because she's not that hot. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. I don't know. I'd let her touch it. Anyway. And, and, and um, he says, yeah, I said it. You know what, Todd? <laughs> that insults me, not as, not as a heterosexual man, but as a wrestling fan. One to Lipman. All right. Brody King playing the Mastodon early on in this match. You just can't get him off his feet. It's logical considering that right. the other two, that the other team is basically a bunch of cruiserweights and Brody King is a big, thick boy. Um, the crowd, I noticed, really didn't know how to react to the comeback from the baby faces because they don't give a fuck about these baby faces. Uh, the crowd was much more interested in the heel team and you could tell every time Brody King got in the ring, uh, the crowd was, they, they were, what were they fucking doing? Barking at him? This was like a Rick Steiner style. <laughs> hoo, 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 hoo. Um, which was cool. Um, was it? But yeah, but yeah, this crowd doesn't give a shit about this fucking face team. Um, and not for the first time, I realized how much I really like the House of Black. Like, not the gimmick. I think it's played out ridiculous. I don't like spooky gimmicks in general unless they're done really, really well. But these three guys are fucking great workers, man. All three of these guys know exactly how to be themselves in the ring. And, um, yeah, I just I appreciated the hell out of them in this match. Um, and I, I agree, Chris. And you know what made it even better? The fact that it wasn't even about those three jobbers. Yeah, shoddy fucking Lee Johnson and... Uh, Action Andrade, and what was the other one? Oh, the Very other fun. flying idiot, whatever his name is, Top Flight. It was Very all about, 
Oh, Darius, that's it. Jeez, who carries at this point? But um, <laughs> <laughs> see what I did. No, but really, it was all about the big man taking everybody's head off and House of Black. And like you said, Chris, Buddy and and Alistair Black or Malachi Black, whatever you want to call him, they've got such good chemistry together. When they do spots, they know exactly where to be and when to execute those spots, and they don't overdo it. Unlike other teams. No, they at one point here in the match they did a double like like lift where they just lifted their opponent in the air and they did a double knee strike coming down. That was awesome. That was cool. Great. Also, Malachi Black delivered a kick. Um, I think it was during break, so you missed you probably missed it, Jeff. But he delivered a kick to one of the I think it was action Andrade while while Andrade was seated, and it looked fucking brutal. I like I know better. Like, I am a wrestling fan. I get that they're not really kicking each other. But it looked like he full force kicked him in the fucking chest. It looked awesome. Um, anyway, Lee Johnson fires back, but he can't quite get all of his offense, which was, you know, hey, you know, a, a, little, a little advice for Lee Johnson. Maybe learn how to do the simple things before you attempt a back-flipping double reverse DDT that Malachi Black has to save by falling down in spite of the fact that you didn't have your arm around his head. Um, Ref counts three on what was supposed to be a near fall, but then he says that he didn't, which is great. Good job, Action Andrade, for not saving it. Good job job on the ref for being a fucking nitwit. If you count to three, the match is over. Crowd barks at Brody King every time he's in the ring. Uh, Apparently, he's getting himself over. The House of Black win a pretty good little match, and... That's basically that. Uh, breaking news from Tony Khan is the House of Black will face CMFTR next week for the trios titles, as Jeff already alluded to. Um, oh, boys, are we going to possibly have new trios champions? I bet you we are. I don't no. think so. You don't think so? I hope not. I hope they don't go with that, but I've got a bad feeling they're going to trigger it because these guys are the three lapdogs right now of TK for, on Saturday nights. I'm telling you. No, it's not going to – that's going to be – Joe said in his promo, CM Punk, you've got one week to answer me or I'm going to start getting angry. We're not going to hear anything from CM Punk about whether or not he's accepting the match. And then next week, Joe is – that'll give Joe an excuse to come out and beat up CM Punk when they're about to win the trios title. Right, now you're right. That's true, for sure. Two two against four because Julia Hart will be there and they'll protect – FTR by her missing one of them. Well, to be fair, House of Black shouldn't even lose those damn belts. No, they shouldn't. Um, I have nothing to add. I thought this match was fine. I mean, uh, you know, I, 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 th- I thought it was a good little squash match. I mean, I don't expect Chris moves from the, the three young guys because they're young and they're green and nobody over there has told them that they're not anything other than great. I mean, I remember when they were first trying to bring Lee Shotty in, they were like saying, he's the first graduate of the factory and and, and he's a he's a five-tool player. And I'm like, he has like maybe one tool. He's he's fast. <laughs> um but but anyway, <laughs> the, 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 this 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 was fun. Listen and listen. I know he botched that that over the, that overextended move that he was trying to do, but the kid hasn't. I think he's been on TV once in the last year and a half. So I think yeah. he wanted mm-hmm. to try to impress, and he failed. He showed exactly who he is. He's he's somebody who needs to be in a performance center like uh, arena. And and you know what? If you don't want to use it, put him on Ring of Honor. Let him work. Let him work there. And and. You know, have him let him do. You know, maybe somebody should like take the the 
lower 20% of the card who they actually really feel has potential, and they should book them on indie shows and indie events that they trust uh, and, and do that. If they're not going to have a PC, let them go to what they think are the higher level indies where they're not spot fest, you know, or, you know, or, or be a good like corporate partner, like pretend that you're not trying to put everyone else out of business and loan them to MLW and NWA and Ring of Honor. And I know all of those places, they only tape like once a month and once every two months for three or four days. But if you loan the same guys to three different companies, and as long as they tape on different weekends, well, now, now they're working nine or 12 days, uh, you know, a, a month there. And, you know, they get in some practice time somewhere else. Anyway, uh, enough about my little notion there, which is probably impossible. Um, or not Send them to old Japan pro wrestling to get them some. Right. Exactly. Old Japan. Or old Zealand wrestling. I don't know. Um, but uh, <laughs> no. But the, the the match was fine. I already said what I said about the the trios match. It makes absolutely no sense to me. So you know, yeah, except yeah. that it's a main event that they can advertise. We do not need storylines, boys. Right? Yeah. No need for storylines. That's it. That's Unless that. it's going to move forward for the Joe. Uh, well, will, but, but, but right. that's not the storyline. That's that's the way out. But the the the, the storyline is we want a main event with the stars of our shows in it every week. That's what we we want to we want a main event and and. Since FTR can't defend the titles against anyone else in the interim, this is what we're doing. Yep. 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 Good. Good enough. Um, all right. So Tony is backstage once again. Is Tony <laughs> Schiavone the only fucking backstage personality they have? Like I've seen him like mean eight Gene. times already tonight. That's all. Mean I don't Gene mind wasn't all over the fucking shows as much as Schiavone is. Anyway, he's backstage this time. He wants to talk to Powerhouse Hobbs. But QT Marshall shows up and he tells Tony to fuck off because he wants to have a discussion with Hobbs instead. Um, so uh, QT tries to make nice. He gives Powerhouse Hobbs a new chain and he, he he's like, "Hey, we're we're still friends, right, buddy? Everything's still good." And then Powerhouse Hobbs is like, "No, get away from me. Thanks for the chain." And then he leaves. So things were not good between these guys, and then they were good again, and then they're not good again, and then they're good again, and then they're not good again. So. Jeff, can you help me out? What the fuck happened here? I, I mean, listen, I'm just glad the powerhouse Hobbs doesn't seem confused. That that's the, that is the only silver lining I can take with that. Uh, it, it seems to me to be a little bit racist that that you you know you a gold chain is is like what you think of. Like you come up with something Cuban, it's not cigars. <laughs> it's a gold chain. I, I don't know. Are you Maybe saying it was too thick? Uh, I mean. <laughs> I mean, I do know Powerhouse Hobbs. He often wears gold chains, but still, I mean, he's already got the. I don't know. I mean, listen, I'm just saying. gonna say, listen, I'm just gonna say this. All right, if you bring me a gold chain, chicken and watermelon and crushed soda, I'm gonna be happy <laughs> I'm as down. fuck. I, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm cool. We we don't have to bring race into this at all. Those things are fantastic. I, well, I agree, those things are fantastic. But I don't need a chain, but I'll sell it um, or give it to someone else. Anyway. Um, the best part of this was, aside of the powerhouse, Hobbs wasn't confused. Was boobs? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. By, by the sure. by the way, by the way, 
Um, I'm just going to save him the time of typing it. Todd Brantley is insulted oh, no. by all this, <laughs> yeah. not as a black man, but as a wrestling fan. So, exactly. <laughs> yeah. you're and, and, and I have one other thing to say about this, and that is that I am <laughs> crestfallen, seriously crestfallen. I am really, I'm legitimately upset. I know it's not going to sound that way, but they are not building off of Harley Cameron's rap video. That they are not working hard I to know. Get, get like right. get a new rap video like every other week. And and they should actually drop an album, uh, you know, and and sell an album, you know, exclusively to, on AEW.com or whatever. I know they're so fucked up with that, man. They the fact that they didn't do that, went through all that trouble of doing that vignette, only for them to do nothing is just AEW. <laughs> that's, that's all they I can keep say. half-assing things in this company yeah. that really don't make sense for why they're half-assing it. But that I, was whole ass, and it was a good ass. That was a pow booty. I mean, that was awesome. Do more. Yeah, was, Give me more of that. Great. Exactly. And I mean, listen, we talked about even QTV as a as a segment. Like that could have been really funny. Like they could have if they would have kept up with that and every week they would have made fun of whatever the fuck was doing the rounds on wrestling Twitter, that would have been golden. That would have been so fucking good for the people like like us, right? The adults who are still watching professional wrestling, as embarrassing as that is to 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 a <laughs> <laughs> to admit to sometimes <laughs> but like you could have really had something with that qtv segment and they just they did what they did two weeks and now it's just dead it's gone it's finished that's it done and dusted and that rap video was great i mean it was really good um <laughs> anyway moving on here christian cage is backstage he's cutting a promo about being the tnt champion which he is not um he's you know he's talking about how it means everything to him to be the tnt champion and he's he's the best champion of all time a small child a little blonde girl comes up and says um can i touch your belt and he says no you can't touch my belt this is my belt you didn't earn the tnt championship neither did christian of course um and then he says go find your mother and then he calls for security on this very well, small that, small that was girl. his daughter who is, as we are told by commentary afterwards, his own daughter. Christian is fucking marvelous. Uh, Jeff, anything to add? No, this this was funny as shit, and and like, but he's completely forgotten that he's sharing the title now with Luchasaurus. It's all his title. Like she can't touch his belt. He's like, did you win this belt? No, you didn't win this belt. Nothing about and and Luchasaurus still is like barely like. I mean, like he should be giving like the e the EO sky side eye, and because he's in a mask, he's he's he has to make a little bit more pronounced. But he's like, a reptile, Jeff. Remember we had a conversation. I don't even remember who it was about, but like oh, it was about Solo Solo Sico, where Jimmy said he comes off as dumb, and we had a disagreement about whether he's dumb or strong silent. Luchasaurus just comes off as dumb, like yeah. stone well, stupid. Yeah. What? But what's funny is that like Luchasaurus really. Yeah, but what's funny enough, legitly, him as a person, he's actually uh, very smart. Yeah, no, he has a master's right. or a PhD in in uh, in medieval literature or something. He's he was the first uh, guy that got a PhD and whatnot in wrestling until Xavier Woods also achieved that feat. Right. Great. Cool. He's using it really well. Um, it was really <laughs> worth all of the money that he spent in getting that PhD. Way to go, man. Good, Way good to go, use bro. of time. 
Uh, Jay White is out next with the Bullet Club. Uh, the Bang Bang Gang are going to join on commentary, and they are obnoxious beyond belief. Uh, Jay is facing Metallic. Uh, White quickly takes control with powerful strikes, uh, throwing some real hard chops and stuff. Uh, Metallic doing his lucha stuff, but uh, Jay White cheats, rakes the eyes. Um, the best part of this match was uh, Ian Riccoboni on commentary. He asks the guns if Jay White has an advantage over Metalik because Switchblade has actually seen Metalik without his mask since the two of them lived together for a short time in the dojo in Japan. And I don't know which gun it was that answered, but it was the greatest fucking reaction ever. He just went, wow, you are a dork. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was really? awesome. I love that, man. Everything about this, I mean, all the shenanigans going on outside of the ring, the commentator's table, especially when um, Nigel McGuinness also said, move over, Rick Bunny. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. let them like take over pretty much, which they did. They were the center of attention. And even Card, Card Blade was taking center of attention also, which was awesome. And Jay White, this, this match was all about showcasing Jay White in the ring and just everybody else. These guys... Are, they know how to get themselves over, man. Every single one of them in, in a weird way. And I like that. I'm cool with it. And Juice, yep. Juice is just a big idiot, but I like it. Uh, this was th this was a great segment all around. The commentary stuff worked. The match worked. Robinson, like, literally, like, being, like, this far from Mitalik's <laughs> face multiple <laughs> times in the match. Not touching him, but just screaming at him. Uh <laughs> this was this was fantastic. These guys are awesome. <laughs> and like Aaron Ben Stomo says in the chat, I love when Jay White and, and the cardboard did the same gesture. I assume you meant better. Yeah, no, it's it's funny, man. I, I totally love that too. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, yeah, Jeff, did I did I miss anything here that was awesome, or uh, did you see pretty much the same thing? No, I mean like. In a vacuum, I would have said that this match is too long. Metalik got too much offense. But because of everything else that was going on, yeah. because this wasn't really about the match. This 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 was about the the the, the group, the fun, the obnoxiousness. Like, basically, they're DX. They're, they're, they're yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. They're, they're basically DX without an enemy yet. So they're, yeah. they're targeting commentary and just like everyone that's there. They're just like, they're just agents of chaos wherever they go. And it's funny and it all works. So because every part of it worked and entertained me, I, I'm not even going to complain about the fact that Metalik got too much uh, offense. Because I, listen, I heard what the vet said about 93 years ago, that, that that's Jay White's game. He he takes a lot of offense and then all of a sudden he springs up and wins. That's He's, he's not a dominant heel. He's, he's sort of, he's sort of your, you know, you know, it gets beat up a lot, but then all of a sudden surprises you heal. Okay, fine. Um, but the, 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 the entire act together absolutely worked this time. I don't know how long it'll be, but, you know, if they can keep, if they can keep entertaining me with this, then, then that's fine. And, you know, Metalik's not like a rookie. So, I mean, give him a little respect is fine, I suppose, in theory. Yeah. What did you think, Jimmy? Uh, did Metalik get a little too much in this match or were you cool with it? Uh, I was cool with it. I mean, I, I didn't really notice that like you did, Jeff, but I know what you're saying, right? I get it. But but like like you said, Jeff, it's all about everybody else per se and not really what was going on in the ring. So no, I wasn't really angry at it. I'm cool with it, man. Absolutely. All right. I totally understand where Jeff is coming from. I thought that Metalik had too much offense in this. 
like in a vacuum, but you can't really see it in a vacuum. And the whole point of this match was to get, you know, the bang, bang gang over on commentary to get over the obnoxiousness of everybody. And you needed a little bit of time in order to do that. Also, it's not like Metalik had moments where you thought he was going to win. He had a few moves no, here and there. Never. Um, right. But that particular comment from, from the vet, um, it's fine if Jay White sells for 60% of a match if he's facing a contender, but he shouldn't ever if he's fighting if he's facing somebody who is as far down the rung as Metalik is. Just well, he's only Metalik now, not Grand Metalik, so... Yeah. Well, he's even further down the, the ladder. He's further down, right, exactly. He's no longer grand. Um, <laughs> he's mid. Yeah. <laughs> Mid-metallic. <laughs> I like it, Eminem. All right, Anna J gives a backstage video where she says she wants another shot at Hikaru Shida. Who fucking Why? cares? Right. <laughs> I don't care. She won Do one you... match. Yeah. Number one contender, Jeff. That's I'm on a rolls. roll because I beat <laughs> Sky Blue, who was not the number one contender and has never held a title in this company. And yeah, great, wonderful. Don't care. Um, <laughs> this gets. This, I'm sorry. This gets my uh, my Jimmy Crack Corn and. I don't care. Of yeah. the week. All right, we're moving this on. This was a dynamite promotional segment. That's true. That's true. But still, it doesn't I matter. I said we're moving on. God damn it! Uh, back from break. <laughs> Jim Ross is at commentary, and he's super happy to see Ricky Steamboat. Like he was really, really Dude, happy to see Ricky Steamboat. Steamboat like, was in tears for some reason. If you noticed, uh, Jim looks pretty. Aw- Jim looks pretty awful. Yeah, I know, <laughs> and that's know what it. I thought. That that's what was going through my head. That he's looked at him and thought, "Shit, you know, I mean, we're getting old." And, the Bell's palsy is back in full. I mean, he. I mean, I don't mean this to be funny. I just don't know of another analogy. But he's starting to look like a melting candle. Mm. Um, don't laugh he's starting to look like that guy Oklahoma from WCW <laughs> he, he looks like Clayface from the cunt. Harley Quinn cartoon <laughs> I don't want to laugh you assholes what's wrong with you guys what's wrong with you stop laughing <clears throat> um, <laughs> not funny people tell me all the time how not funny I am no you know what's funny though uh, you know why I'm laughing because not just you guys are pricks but D you know what D said to me as we we're watching it she looks at me she's like oh look it's JR <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm like I just look at it I'm like really <laughs> Jeff you want to laugh I can see it but you, you're no selling it but <laughs> I kid you not that's what she did and I just looked at her like oh man I mean, it took me a while to remember what this D is you're talking about. <laughs> it's my dig. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Sorry, we'll talk about you. Thank Fucking you. Greek. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ricky Starks comes out to a ton of pyro, which is uh, kind of cool. Yeah. I, don't know, I guess. Hey, listen, he was friends with Cody. I'm, I'm imagining that like when Cody left, he, he just basically went to him and was like, hey, can I have your pyro, buddy, since you're leaving? And uh, that seems to be the case that seems to be what happened so lots of pyro um punk comes out and is referred to by the announcer like i said as your real <sighs> world champion which i i know that they talked i know that they basically called it out on commentary and said you know he's it, it self-proclaimed self-proclaimed but like 
when the heel is the one saying that, it doesn't come across as if it's really self-proclaimed. And it seems like the company is sanctioning that when the announcer actually says that. Uh, 100%. The, the announcer should, should just shut up about it. It's just it's CM Punk. <laughs> Did you say CM Punk? No. Well, if I did, oh. it was unintentionally. But I mean, <laughs> also CM Punk is not the heel, or, or is he? I mean, but clearly not in this match. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Labrat, no, it didn't. <laughs> Again, what did Labrat say? He said, "So the Owen Hart tournament didn't mean shit. No, oh, nothing at all. No. <laughs> um, no. You want things to mean something on AEW? Where the fuck have you been, Labrat? Jesus, keep up." <laughs> Uh, Punk and Starks, they get a pretty loud dueling chant going here with uh, Let's Go Ricky, CM Punk. Uh, Punk starts off with the mind games. Uh, he does the whole, uh, you know, uh, the dab and, or whatever. Is that what it's called, the dab? He does the dab a few times trying to get in the, in the head of Ricky Starks. Uh, Starks gives it right back. He uh, basically dumps, dumps Punk out to the... To the back and uh and essentially said you know do, he does the the x symbol and then he does the whole go to sleep thing so they're gesturing back and forth uh during the break i'm pretty sure it was during the break but i'm pretty sure during the break punk does the hogan leg drop and gestures i'm not sure uh, jeff did you see that or was that during the break i did see it i, I watched during the break for this match oh okay cool well Consistency, Jeff. Consistency, Jesus. Um, event. <laughs> back from break, we have two men exchanging strikes before Ricky actually gets the better of Punk in the striking exchange, which, uh, you know, if you watched CM Punk's MMA career, that was logical. Uh, <clears throat> Starks takes over after a baseball slide, which connects to Punk's ribs. Uh, Punk sells the ribs for a while. Both men with some good near falls. Ref gets taken out by Starks after a drop down from Punk. And uh, Starks goes for a pin, but his legs are on the rope. Both of them, he was clearly trying to cheat. Which, if you didn't know, Ricky Steamboat won't let you do that. So he doesn't let him do that. And then Punk wins with a roll-up. Uh, Starks attacks CM Punk. Uh, no, sorry, Starks attacks Steamboat after and whips him with his own belt before punk gets in the ring to make the save that actually looked kind of vicious from starks it there did. Like he it looked fucking like, did man it looked like jesus christ like i hope ricky like steamboat was okay with that because that wasn't very nice as far as the main event goes i actually thought that this was probably the weakest match on the card um it was fine but there was a few good matches on this card and this one was just kind of eh. uh jimmy what'd you think eh, it wasn't the match of the night definitely not i think the first match was actually the match of the night the tag match in my opinion but i it was all right it was it was just going through the motions it wasn't a bad match it wasn't a great match but it was a good match and it was good for television and you know it had its drama the fans were into it i mean they were going back and forth, back and forth. But as you guys said, or as Jeff said and pointed out, is Punk a heel or a face, or is he bet the Hitman heart? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's trying to be a bunch of things. I, I, that's what I don't understand. We, we, we need to see a clear like, distinction 
heel face or tweener? I mean, is he, is Jeff, really what do you think? the tweener? Jeff, what do you think they should do with CM Punk? Should he be a heel or should he be a face? I don't know that he gets to make that choice, but I think the crowds are going to make it for him. But if, but I think that they did as much as they could to make it clear that that he likes Steamboat. Ricky Starks was clearly the heel beating up Steamboat, and Punk came in for sort of the save on Steamboat. So he he did all the face things. I was mostly watching this. I thought this match was okay. I didn't think it was particularly weak or strong. I was watching this match just to see how bad CM Punk was, and he wasn't bad. He was he was okay. Yeah. He, I mean, but. Ricky Starks obviously slowed down for him. Um, but, you know, I think a roll-up for a match of this, I mean, obviously this is not over, which is another way, I suppose, that, that, that they can get out of the match next week, though I think it is mostly Samoa Joe. But, I mean, if you're Ricky Starks, you don't think that that he really beat you with a, with a roll-up while he's distracted by Ricky Steamboat or whatever the hell was going on here. But... I, I still think that I think Punk wants to be a face, but I think he sort of relishes. I think he just wants the attention. He wants a reaction. I don't think he cares whether it's booze or cheers. And I think he knows that half of the AEW crowd is going to hate him no matter what, because he's at war with their favorites. And the other half is going to love him because they love him regardless, or they love him because they also don't like his anti-favorites at this point. So I don't think there's much that he can do about, but tonight he clearly made it at, at, I mean, I'm assuming he books all this stuff. So he, he was the face by the end, at least this, this real world championship thing though, is such a heel maneuver. I mean, it's, it's such a sour grapes thing. So I don't know. It's very confusing. And for a guy who's supposed to have a very complex uh, wrestling mind, either he's not being very complex or he's reading the lay of the land that he plays in exactly well, and he knows that no matter what he's going to do, sometimes he's going to be a face and sometimes he's going to be a heel, and he's just doing his thing. He's CM Punk. He's 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 in business for himself and whoever's loyal to him, but whether if you love him or you hate him, he's, he's going to be true to himself, and maybe that's what he's going for in this, and maybe in the modern era that's right. I mean, even in WWE – People are the, the the face and heel distinction is fading. So maybe yeah. he just realizes that's that's the next phase of wrestling is that there are no phases and heels. You just need to get a reaction, good, bad, positive. It, it doesn't matter. You just need to get a reaction. That the no reaction is the problem. Well, blame right. well, this guy. We saw Jimmy. We saw. We know. We <laughs> know, know that you love your new toys. Good enough. Good enough. All right, Jimmy. Quickly, your uh, your thoughts on the match, and then we'll do letter grades because Jeff's got to get well, out of here soon. I did give my thoughts on the match, so before Jeff, so yeah, I thought oh. it was a, it was a good match. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, let's do letter grades then. Uh, Jeff, we'll start with you so that you can leave whenever you need to after that. Thank you. Um, I'm going to give it a B minus. Um, I thought that it was an enjoyable show, but it, it certainly wasn't uh, up to some of the levels that, that I've seen before. Uh, and it left me with some head scratching as we went into earlier. I appreciate that. Guys, I have to go because I have to record a Garden of Doom. And so that's where I'm going to plug Garden of Doom and Garden Views, which you can hear right here on the Hameen Media Group. And you can hear on the PWC, which is where all my other shit is anyway. And the other guys are going to cover it all. The only other show is Hammerlock Hangover, which allegedly we're going to record this evening. 
for our once a week or once every month uh, reunion. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure what <laughs> reunion. But, like but, but, but uh, thank thank you for the opportunity, and uh, uh, I'll try to do better next time. Stay evil, my friends. Perfect. See you, Jeff. See you later, man. Thank you, Jeff. I don't know what Jeff's talking about doing better. He's awesome. We love having Jeff on. Um, Jimmy, <laughs> letter grade. Uh, B minus. I thought it was it was a good show overall. I mean, it wasn't spectacular, but it was good. It's still the best show of the week, funny enough, as it has been pretty much since its inception. But which confuses me though, Chris, because you've got Dynamite and the trash that goes on over there, and, and Friday nights with Rampage, and then you've got such a show that that takes itself as a wrestling show. Like it takes itself a lot I... more serious compared to everything else, and and that's what bothers me. Listen, man, I completely agree with you. I mean, the letter grades that I've given for the last two weeks for Dynamite and Uncaged have been very bad. And I mean, like, not even you get an F. It's like you get an F minus. You get a Z. Um, really, really bad stuff from, from Wednesday and Friday. Uh, this show's going to get a B minus for me, too. It's going to be a trifecta of B minuses. So... Um, the show was good. There were certainly some things in there that I liked, some things that were that were uh, that were well done. The wrestling matches all made sense. There was a lot of logical offense from everybody. Um, you know, it made sense why Brody King was the way he was in the match. It made sense why CM Punk did the things that he did in his match. Uh, the refereeing was proper. The 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 people That's cheating were thing. admonished. The the, the the announce team was good. I, the basics of a pro wrestling show are all there on Collision. So whatever they add to it is going to be above a C. And that's basically what they've done so far. So for me, about the worst they can do, as long as they keep with the logical booking, the logical consistencies, the referees calling the, the fucking matches the way they're supposed to, and the announcers actually focusing on what's happening in the ring, if they can continue doing those things, the lowest score they're going to get from me is about a C. Because to me, a C is like, hey, you did you did better than, better slightly better than average. We'll put it that way. No, for sure, I agree, one hundred percent, man. And uh, look, it, like I said, you know how you brought up about the referees were, were being referees and whatnot. You know what else is telling to me, which really kind of irks me though, Chris. Before we go, the tag rope. It's yep. utilized on Saturdays and it has and it's nowhere to be seen on Fridays or Wednesdays. Yep. I, I'll That's tell weird. you, man, I, I I watched the fucking match on, on Friday, the opening the opener for uh, for Rampage, which was the Hardys in a tag team match, and they weren't tagging in and out properly. And I just thought Ooh. to myself, you know, I don't know, like are the Hardys actually a good tag team anymore? Because I haven't, I haven't really thought that they know what the fuck they're doing for a while. No, you're probably right. And it's sad, man, because they're just they're getting up there with age. They're banged up. One is a fairy these days, and I'm talking about Jeff Hardy, who just seems to be just like a zombie, dude, like a zombie, just doing his thing. And Matt Hardy is pretty much a, a real-life zombie who can't even walk anymore. So whatever, man. If these guys still want to bang their bodies up at their ages... By all means, bang it up. I mean, what else can yeah. you say about him? Have some. Why don't, you, why don't you guys go back to WWE? 
we can have matches with Sheamus and have some bangers. Um, yeah, exactly. All right. So, good show. Uh, thanks, everybody, in the chat for adding for the show, for being here, for listening. We love you guys. I mean it. I love you guys. Uh, shout out to Todd Brantley for a great comment today saying that he loves me too, but he's not ready for a serious relationship. Todd, you <laughs> motherfucker. This is why we give you that king, that, that crown of comment king. This is why you have it. Um, but also everybody else who was listening and everybody else who added to the chat. Love you. Thanks for listening. Uh, for Jimmy T, I've been Chris Ams. Uh, you've been a wonderful audience. We will see you next week, 10 o'clock, Sunday morning where after the collision, we'll sift through the wreckage. All right. Peace. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, everybody else. Olay. Bye-bye. See you. PWC Network, what the world is watching and listening to. I know for a very, very long time, for a couple of decades, and maybe even now, this was considered a horseman country. I understand that, yeah. I get it. I, I think, and maybe this might be too much of a pat on the back, but I think tonight we can officially rename this FTR country. Uh, Ricky, uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, maybe the greatest wrestler of all time. Maybe the greatest wrestler of all time didn't deserve what happened to him, but I'm so proud that tonight in Greenville, South Carolina, you people came out and you showed him love and affection for as great as he is. 
But uh, there's, uh, there's one other person in the crowd tonight, and I wore his jacket here. The Midnight Express. Listen, if we're on national television and we're live, I'm going to say we're the greatest tag team of all time, okay? But, but in real life, in real life, when the cameras are off, there is never going to be a better tag team than Dennis Condry and Bobby Eaton. So what I'd like, Bobby Cruz, Bobby Cruz, can you help me out? Can you get my friend Dennis Condry to come up here, please? Can you bring him around here? Bring him around this way, this way. Come around this way. Come around here. While Dennis is coming into the ring, I would like to say, as ridiculous as I look and feel right now, that without Ricky Steamboat, there is no CM Punk. Without you fans here in Greenville, there is no AEW. And without Dennis Condry, one half of the Hall of Fame legendary Midnight Express, there is no FTR. It is important to show the future, the people that paved the way for guys like myself and Cash and Dax. And right here is a living legend. Ladies and gentlemen, on your feet, hands together, as loud as you possibly can. Dennis Condry. So, so really quick, why he got you guys real quick. Um, 2023, I, and I know you guys are tired of hearing this stuff. I, I'm tired of saying it sometimes. No, I'm not. 2023, I get to go on the road maybe two times a week, sometimes three times a week. And I have the luxury of taking care of the most beautiful woman in the world and the most perfect daughter in the world because of this business. But, but, really quick, but the only reason, the only reason that I can do that, uh, who, is because this man was away from his family for 300 days a year, 350 days a year, beat his body up, changed the whole, wait a second, wait a second, please, please. Changed the whole course, not just of tag team wrestling, because the tag team wrestling you see today is because of this man, but, but, but changed the course of professional wrestling, what a bad guy can be, what a good guy should do, and also he paved that road so I can stay home five days a week with my wife and my daughter and take care of them. Everything. 
Everything that I have, everything that I have in this world, everything that I have and everything that I own, I owe to Dennis Condry. Dennis, you're the greatest of all time. You're the greatest, one half of the greatest tag team of all time. I can't thank you enough. Man, uh, Uh, Dennis, man, uh, uh, real quick and then I'll, I'll stop fucking talking. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the best working heel in the world. In my opinion, there are three of them. There's, there's, uh, there's uh, Tully Blanchard, there's Fit Finley, which I named my daughter after, and then there's Dennis Condry. Uh, Dennis, without you, I wouldn't have my two best friends in the ring with me and celebrate this with my family, watching my wife, my daughter, my dad, my, my father-in-law, my family. There's a family here too, the Stevens, man. They, listen, I was homeless. There was a time that I was homeless. They they took me in, allowed me to stay with them. I ain't done yet. They took me in and let me stay with them without. I am the luckiest man in the world, Dennis. I love you, dude. We are not worthy. I'll go ahead. I'll keep mine short and sweet. Greenville. Would you believe I've wrestled here before in front of like 20 of you guys? Maybe. So now I have over 30 friends and family that I still, this guy right here, this guy right here, this guy right here. These are people that I started out backyard wrestling with. That I did independent wrestling with on shows that nobody showed up to. And now I'm in the ring with my best friend, CM Punk, wearing an Indiana Jones hat and Dennis Condry. I had my mom slap the piss out of Big Bill tonight. I cannot tell you how happy I am to come home, to come home and see this, to hear this, to have you guys here supporting us. Without guys like Dennis Condry and without each and every fan that comes out here and supports us, we can't live our dreams. So thank you, we love you. Let's listen to CM Punk talk, huh? I'd have nothing to say. I'm gonna tell you something, people. It is not easy to speak without a voice box, but I'm gonna try like hell. Right now, right tonight, I wanna tell you guys something. I'm tired of arguing with you. We are not 
the best tag team in the world. You guys were the best tag team in the world. Now, we have argued over this. I'm not going to argue no more. No more arguing. Let me go with just saying this. Without these two guys right now, we would not have music going. They are keeping us alive. Get back. They're, they're keeping us alive with their music. I love them very much. Teresa Roses, my wife of 35 years. And I'm going to tell you one more thing before we go. If you can put up with my ass for 35 years, you've done a hell of a job, girl. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much.